0: Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and today we are talking about marriage and specifically the intentional investments for success we make in our marriages. We'll listen to a short clip from Zig Ziggler on stage talking about marriage, of course. From his message, we asked folks at my Agent K. Miller Facebook page, if you're married, would you share what you do intentionally to make investments in your marriage routinely that strengthen it what we received more responses than just about any other question we posted i think it was a rich rich sharing and then talk i had my co-host michelle prince to discuss what everyone there shared so if you are married or intend to be here is what you'll hear is working for people Uh, a note you'll hear me reference a quote from zig in the show that afterwards i contacted his legendary assistant Lori Majors about and she got me the correct quote. Here is what Zig said. I'm personally convinced our divorce rate would be reduced 90% if men and women delivered in marriage what they sold while courting. Pretty powerful statement there and we talk about that in the show. Okay, well we're going to start off with a message from Zig on marriage. Here we go.
1: Now when I speak in the business world, I often use phrases like you want to be a winner that you were born to be you got to plan to win you got to prepare to win and you got to expect to win
0: i'm a foodie and i enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table and then i like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages i did a tequila tasting in mexico and recently bourbon
1: When I address athletic teams I point out uh, for example that in the national football league in the last 2 minutes of the half and the last 2 minutes of the game 4 minutes of playing time out of the 60 they score in the national football league a little over 20% of all of the points. Now that's scoring 3 times as fast as they do any other time. And the reason they do that is because they plan to score, they prepare to score and they expect to score. So in this series I'm simply going to take a page from that same presentation and say if you want your marriage to be the winner that it is supposed to be then you've got to plan for that marriage to win. You've got to prepare for that marriage to win. And if you plan and if you prepare then you can fully expect it to be the winner you hoped it was going to be when you said I do. You remember that beautiful day. I'll put a lot of emphasis on the fact that it's the little things that will make a difference in your marriage. You know, fellas, you call your wife a kitten, she'll love you. Call her a cat, you got an altogether different situation. Tell her she's a vision, you score all kind of points. Call her a sight and you're in trouble. <laughs> It is one thing to tell your wife she looks like the first day of spring. It's something else to tell her that she looks like the last day of a long, hard winter. It's the (laughs) little things that make a big difference. And it's the little things in the relationship that will make a big difference.
0: Well, again, then from that message from Zig, we ask folks again at my Agent K Miller Facebook page. If you're married, would you share? what intentional investments do you routinely make into your marriage that helps strengthen it? So Michelle Prince and I share the amazing responses and I believe you'll get some great ideas and inspiration from them. Here we go. Okay, folks. Well, answering this question, if you're married, would you share what intentional investments do you routinely make into your marriage that help strengthen it? So, uh, incredible responses as always. And Michelle and I are here together. We're going to walk through these though. Michelle, if I can, I wanted to share a little Zig experience real quick at the top of the show.
2: Let's do it. Let's hear it.
0: All right. Well, this was July 8th, 2010, and I got to spend a blessed day with Zig. Uh, Went out to lunch, did a couple interviews, but this was during the time and you'll remember it it was after his fall and he had that propensity to repeat things. And Mm -hmm. it was so incredible throughout the day to hear him come back to some of the gems that were obviously just paramount in his brain that kept coming over. And it seemed like every hour or so, something would come up and he would come back to marriage. So very appropriate for today's show. And what he said, and you may remember this, I could not find the exact quote. I'm sure you've heard it, but I couldn't find it. So I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but it was in essence, he said, if people would court their spouse after marriage, like they did before they got married, the divorce rate would plummet. Now that's my paraphrasing, but he came back that if people would court their spouse after marriage, like they did before marriage, that just stuck with me so much because as we, as, as I know, i and I'm about to hit 25 years, uh, you know, there were certain ways that we all acted in the courting and mm-hmm. the dating of our marriages, things that we did that pretty quickly into marriage. And I think the stats are about two years into marriage, those things have pretty much gone by the wayside. And we now, again, this is just the stats We now enter into a partnership. We've got kids and we've got work and the things that we did don't see those things, the dating that, that doesn't seem, I mean, we may go on a date, but we don't act like that. We've gone beyond that. And yet when you look at it and of course his testimony to it over and over, just really got me focusing on what did we do? How did we act in our courting, in our dating before marriage, before kids? And why did we leave that? Why did we leave those things that we did for each other? Granted, times change. It's a little different than those times and the responsibilities. But that one, I don't know, Michelle, that one just really, it uh, was profound and kind of an anchoring thing for me.
2: You know, and, and same with me, Kevin. In fact, I think about that a lot. And and and, and part of it is it's normal. And, and yes, you're not going to be exactly the same way you were when you were dating, but why not is kind of how Zig always put it. And and to think of your spouse that way. And another quote that Zika said about marriage that I, I absolutely love is, you know, many marriages would be better if the husband and wife clearly understood that they're on the same side, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's take care of each other like you were when you were recording, but then also know that there's, there's, even when there's differences and even when there's struggles, you're on the same side. Zig yeah. had a lot of great things to say about marriage.
0: Well, and that's why we used the clip that we did to kick off this show. And, but I did, I wanted to hear that, you know, as he talked about those intentional things, I wanted to hear some from, from folks. So we've got a bunch here that I just want to walk through. You and I can, uh, can discuss them and I know we'll relate to some of them. Uh, so Tim says uh, on Facebook here, he says semi-annual one to two day retreat, of holistic goal setting, he has in quotes, God, Bible-based outline that gives us the track to run on. So in essence, one to two days, uh looks like twice a year or so to, to talk about goal setting from a faith-based perspective. But I mean, that's powerful, obviously, just to intentionally look at our lives. Most of us don't do that uh, by ourselves, much less with a spouse. Um, I, I I don't know. That one's, that, one's a, that one's a top of the line one, don't you think?
2: I think so because when you both understand what's important, I mean, we, especially when everyone is so busy and you are raising kids, sometimes you lose sight of what's important to your spouse. And when you're you hear their goals that they have for the next year, you really understand what's driving them, what's motivating them. That's how you can be on their team. That's how you can you know come together. And so I love that. I, and I'll even extend that. I believe in goal setting for families even beyond marriage. That's actually something that our family does every New Year's Day. We all get together and we set our own individual goals as each, each one, even my kids. And then we set uh, three family goals. And a lot of times it's where we want to go on a trip or something, but, but it has to start with the marriage and the example for your children is always going to be with, with them. Spouse.
0: Yes. And we do that too. Michelle will have all the kids and we put down new year's goals. And for those of you out there who think that might be a little, uh, a little troublesome, you know what? Sometimes it is. And we always have a kid or two who's not real thrilled about it. we got to work with them on there, but it's powerful. It's become a tradition and folks for everybody who heard what Michelle talked about, as far as setting goals for marriage and for family, uh, Mark, Tim, uh, CEO of Ziegler family, that is a big focus there. If you'll go to zieglerfamily. dot com, you can get a lot of information on that type of uh, exercise. Uh, well, Jonathan here says one of our simplest and best commitments was to simply never sleep in separate beds unless out of town. Uh, It means when we get angry, we have 13 years worth of history that says, even when angry, we are still not repelled by each other. It was uh, a run on don't let the sun go down on your wrath. That's from the Bible on, uh, I think is where he's pulling that from. Uh, That's a big one. And that's difficult. 25 years of marriage. I cannot say I have achieved never going to bed angry with my wife (laughs) And, uh, we do have a guest room that I, I, this is an admission. I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not citing any right or wrong on what he says there. I've done that before. I've done that when I'm, I've, I need a, I need a little bit of a break, but that's a good one. I mean, that's one that I don't think it's, it's hard to argue to make sure you come together. Don't go to bed angry. And it's a high calling sometimes.
2: Mm-hmm. It is. And, and, and I don't think you're alone, Kevin. <laughs> Thank you for your admission. But yeah. I don't think you're alone. And, and of course, we all have situations that make us so angry that we want to have our, our time apart. But I do agree that is a very, very important one. So I'm so happy that they shared that because if you can have that discipline, it just what it does is it just sends the message to your spouse. I may be angry at you, but I still love you. You're so important to me. And I'm not Yes.
0: Yes. And I'll tell you as a a guy and maybe not as a guy, maybe just as an introvert, I want to distance. And so that's a difficult, (laughs) that's a difficult one for me for sure. Well, so Ashley here says, uh, before we discuss anything, asking what is my goal? Uh, It's helped us stay focused on love and connection rather than being right or winning. Uh, And then she also says, we also believe in laughter, humble pie, and lots of sex. Um, So there it's on Facebook. So we read it out loud here and I got to get full disclosure. That's my sister. Uh, so thanks, sis, for putting it. And they do have a very intentional marriage. But, you know, I like that. Uh, there's uh, My wife and I have been lifetime uh, marriage counseling a- attendees in and, and different phases. When we have something that we feel like we're not getting over, we usually go that route. Now we're actually trying to do the counseling when we're not in a bad place, which yeah. would be healthier. That's difficult sometimes to commit to. But in, in that, that was something that our counselor talked about recently. And we hit that conversation, especially when we know that, okay, we're just... Something's there. We both know it. To say, okay, what's the goal? What are we trying to get out of this conversation? And get real with each other uh, quickly. It's easier said out of that moment than within the moment. But um, we're trying to practice it.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it also takes some of the emotion out of it, right? So, when you, what is our goal here? What are we ultimately trying to accomplish? What are we trying to achieve? It takes out a lot of the uh, pointing fingers emotion, I think. And so that's actually really great advice. Yeah.
0: Yes. Well, so Jamie here says dates every week and coffee together seven days a week. Now this, yeah, this, and this comes out. Well, let's just, I'll just put that to you, Michelle. Obviously he's talking about intentional time together. How's that play out in your marriage?
2: This has been something very, very important to my husband and I. Uh, Chris and I've been married twenty years. We dated four and a half years before we got married, and quality time is important. Date nights. Now, when our kids were little, I remember we'd we would drop off our kids at you know whatever function they had to go to, and we may have had. 30 minutes to, but we would run real quick to Starbucks or we would run somewhere and just have some one on one time. Uh, We would schedule babysitters back in the day when that was really hard and maybe we didn't even have the funds to do it. But I think I always had the example from my parents who, by the way, will be married 50 years this month on December 16th. (laughs) And I'm so honored to be able to say that because they've been such a great example. And I learned that from them that you make time for each other life will always be busy. Uh, my mom used to always say marriage is some, is some can sometimes be the hardest job in the world. But if you're intentional and you make the time to be with each other, it gets a lot easier. So I have to agree with that. And date night is something that if I had to list our number one, what do we do to keep our relationship in, in, in order? It's date night all the time, at least once a week.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I appreciate what you said about your parents, my parents, Dan and Joanne Miller. A lot of people know them 48 days, uh, fame. They had a very, I knew this as a kid. They had a very, uh, it was a very marriage centric family, mom and dad, their marriage, they came first. And I yes. knew that I, I probably didn't always like that, but that was the example. And, and my wife and I took that into, our marriage. And now with the size of family that we have, we have to be, intentional. So date nights are are a big deal. And so are getaways. And we got some folks that mentioned mm-hmm. that. So I'll, I'll say that there. I do want to, to what you said about having a babysitter in show 513 that just went live recently with Dr. Henry cloud. He talked about that, that early on in his marriage, they had two, it was a, an evening and a Sunday afternoon where they had a pre-scheduled babysitter just show up. Uh, and I love what he said in the show that, that, that that babysitter was going to show up on whatever night, let's say it's Thursday night. And if he and his wife were upset with each other at that time, then they were going to go out to dinner upset. Either way, it was going to happen. And uh, same thing on Sunday, babysitter would show up and they'd have some time together and even some time uh, alone. But that, my wife and I talked about that pre scheduling. So it's going to happen. I thought was, uh, I like the intentionality of that. So I may have. What to, a
2: great idea. I may have, I may <laughs> and then your emotion it. again doesn't get in the way of. The date
0: night. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I like that Uh, for sure. Well, Tim here says, uh, we never allowed ourselves to be alone or in a car or travel or have coffee with a member of the opposite sex, old school, but very liberating. Well, anybody who's listened to Zig long, uh, that long knows that he did that. And I heard it actually wasn't that long ago. I didn't know that I heard or read from him, or maybe even Tom Ziggler talked about it, that, uh, Zig got that from, uh, Billy Graham, Dr. Billy Graham, uh, wasn't. I
2: I did not know he got it from Billy Graham, but I believe that. And did you know, Kevin, that he extended that beyond just his marriage? When I worked at the corporate office in the uh, early nineties, um, that was also a rule for employees that men and women of the opposite sex. It wasn't a rule per se, but it was encouraged. And you know what? I, I, yes, that does seem a little old school at the time, but as a married woman, I appreciate that. And my husband and I always had that. We'd say never put yourself in a position to make the other person wonder. And that's kind of that same thing. And, um, but yeah, Zig has done that and, and extended that to, to those that he had working for him.
0: That's great. I did not. I did not know that. I that one has stuck with me as well. And I'll admit, I have not. There, there comes times in, in work and with things. I, I work Absolutely. in a in a medical practice, and sometimes we try to do that for my partner. He's the doctor that we never leave him uh, alone in the office with a female patient or even try not with a female employee. It's very difficult. Uh, I'll admit for myself, there have been times when instead of, of, uh, when that's going to happen, I text my wife and let Mm -hmm. her know, say, Hey honey, this is what's happening. I'm here. So-and-so is here. I just for disclosure, she appreciates it greatly, even though she says, Hey, I trust you implicitly, but we kind of go with that beyond being above reproach, Mm-hmm. Um, aspect. But that's that's difficult. But um uh both Tim, thank you for sharing that. He also shares, he says we also have monthly meetings to discuss finances, travel, short and long term goals. We usually discuss calendars and schedules every week on Sunday night. Uh plus we schedule dates at least once per month and an overnight getaway every three to four months. Uh and he mm-hmm. says 2018 will be their thirtieth anniversary. Congratulations, Tim. Uh, that's yes. awesome. You know, that is awesome. I will tell you, I have a little bit of a bone to pick sometimes with the length, like, you know, me saying, okay, we're about to come up on 25 years and people say, congratulations. And I go, well, <laughs> you know, I have good endurance. doesn't say much. It may be a crappy marriage, but you know, we stuck it out. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I really like more the this, you know, we've been married this long and we still are in love, not just love each other, yes. but in love is what I'm going for. But I, I, I love that again, uh, get together to talk finances, travel, short and long-term goals. And discussing calendars and schedules, I'll say for my wife, she loves to get out the big calendar and for me to participate in that with her. I'm not a uh, very—I don't plan a lot. It's not a big high high point for me, Uh, but that speaks love to her. So we we do that. And uh, but I I also like what he said about the getaways. I'll tell you, Michelle. Sometimes we have uh, my wife and I have a harder time with the weekly date nights. Uh, just because of the, the schedule of our family, but those getaways we've gotten now to where we're pretty consistent with about every quarter we'll do to two tonight, two to three tonight, uh, three tonight, get a uh, getaway. And then once a year, at least a longer one, four or mm. five days, maybe even a week that we get away. That is so powerful that our kids push us to make it happen because they say, when we get back, we're different together.
2: Oh, um, wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I
2: bet you know it's it's that time spent with each other. You rekindle. You realize, you know what? I really do like this person. Right. Yes. <laughs> I really love this person. But when you're in the the mode of life and kids and work and sometimes you could just be ships passing in the night, talking about okay, who's picking up who? Uh, did you do, go to the grocery store? Did you do all this? So when you just get away from all the day to day and actually have one on one time. It's so powerful. My husband and I literally just did that this week on a middle of the week Wednesday. Now it was his birthday, but we took a little quick flight to uh, Louisiana for the night just to spend some quality time together to celebrate his birthday. And our kids are all for it. Now, granted, they're older and they're you know more mature and they can handle things while we're gone. But I agree with you. It makes us better parents when we are connected with
0: our spouse. A hundred percent. Yeah. You saying that too, I I, reminds me seeing, having the kids setting that example of us, our marriage being a priority is so powerful. And I am uh, greatly challenged, not, not in a negative way, uh, but uh, just the responsibility of our example uh, when I realized the example of my parents and how they interacted in their marriage and engaged with it was to me realizing it's almost daunting how much I'm impacting my kids' marriages and their family lives by the example that I set. So I love just the, just the exercise of making it a priority, showcasing mm-hmm. that priority. Uh, Ted here says, I love this statement. I, I, I've heard it paraphrased in some ways, but regular random acts of kindness. Uh, which I guess doesn't make him random, but I, I but I love that regular random acts of kindness. Um, yeah. Well, I
2: think it was Zig that said and again, paraphrasing that you know, uh, I think he had said that it was the redhead would make him a cup of coffee every day. He's perfectly capable of making or yes. or vice versa. maybe he was making it for her, I can't remember now, but perfectly capable of making his own cup of coffee, but the fact that it's just making that little extra effort to you know, take care of someone, or actually I do remember him saying that he would make sure he, she always made sure that he had money in his wallet before he traveled. He's uh, perfectly capable or he was capable of going to the ATM machine himself, but those little things just show that person that you love them. You're thinking about them and you care about them. I love stuff like that. That that stuff is big for me.
0: I do too. And I love that he used the word, I love the word kindness. And and on that, I and I don't have the show number in front of me, but folks, if you'll scroll back Uh, into the 400 somewhere. We did a show with Shanti Feldhahn and she her book is The 30 Day uh, Kindness Challenge, I believe is the title of that. And we talked about it in there, but it was really powerful. One of the most powerful uh, examples that she has throughout the book is within marriages and just kind of going back to kindness. Are we being kind to our spouse? Um, So yeah, a big deal there. You know, Ted also says, I also invest time in prayer and meditation as it relates to our relationship. Mm. and I that resonates with me because I as a as a Christian guy am aware of of recognize the spiritual battle, the, the reality that, uh, my marriage is, is not something that the enemy wants to see succeed and praying over that. I give attention to that a lot of mornings. Uh, and I forget a lot and realize I've gone a week and I have not taken battle in that realm for my marriage. And, uh, I, yeah.
2: Huge, huge. And, you know, I'm with you on that. I'm guilty of letting it go sometimes for too long. But there's a great book that I've read for years now for my husband and also for my kids. But this one's specific to husband. praying uh, pa- The Power of a Praying Wife, I mm-hmm. believe is what it is, by Stormia Martian. Yes. And, and, and she's the same thing for kids and all that. But just the little... Extra moment of prayer for your spouse. It, it, I've seen it transform in my husband, and he has no idea I'm doing it. <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's interesting you say that. I I do it pretty regularly for my wife. I'll pray for her in the mornings, mm-hmm. but not. I, I I miss it sometimes of our marriage. And and my wife recently has really. Uh, had an epiphany of, of us looking at our marriage as its own entity and devoting to it. Like we do a child, you know, we have a, we have, we have multiple children and we love and devote and have intention and things that we do. Can we treat our marriage like that? And it's really been changing our paradigm. And I think we're still kind of coming to grips with how that looks, but if it's this valuable thing, why do we not look at it as that entity? And so even when we're having struggles with ourselves, uh, it, it kind of stops us in our tracks. Of, hey, wait, are we about to violate this precious thing in our life of our of our marriage? So we're we're in the middle of kind of wrestling with that
2: one. Wow, um, that's actually I like that very much to think of it as its own little entity. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. But we don't but but it's easy to, to not see it that way.
0: It is goodness. Uh, well, uh, Jason here says, uh, daily, I like this term daily breadcrumbs. Uh, it sounds again, like Ted's little acts of, of kindness, but daily breadcrumbs have many forms leading back to our love, the practice of emotional honesty, humility, gratitude, generosity, encouragement, and finding ways to keep things fresh on every level. That just made me smile. That sounds like uh, just shining light into your marriage, Jason. Uh, Marcus here says we read one book together each year. Sometimes it's about marriage, other times parenting, finances, uh, etc. We also spend at least 30 minutes talking with each other every day, usually after our kids are asleep. Do you do a kind of a daily intentional time or does it just happen organically, Michelle?
2: Ours is probably a little more organically, but we do always have a date night once a week, at least. Um, so we we tend to save some of the things to when we're at dinner, just just the two of us. Um, I really liked And I, I'm not remembering the person's name who said the monthly meetings. Mm uh-huh. hmm because i i like that intentional the thought of an intentional meeting to talk about the finances to talk about the big things and then our weekly get togethers are going to be more the smaller things yeah um but but i would say daily is probably a little bit more <laughs> again just being honest here the checklist of okay today are who's picking up Uh, this child who's picking up, who's doing this, who's, what do we have going on tonight? You know, those kinds of
0: things. Yeah. Hey, I, well, here's an admission again. Our, our, our counselor challenged us to do for 30 days, which I think we passed now, but for 30 days to come together every day, just, he knows with the, the amount of kids we have and things going on that we were doing a lot of just, you know, passing it within passing each other within the, Formalities of of the partnership of marriage, mm-hmm. and it is difficult. Uh, so I, I wanted to just admit that for that, and I, I I'm I'm hesitant to say guys because I, I think it's more personality style. Even I am an an introvert um, to a fairly significant degree. My wife is to that same degree, if not more, an extrovert. So the idea of coming together to talk, she'll do it anytime, anywhere, all the time. <laughs> and so as you know, looking at the evenings, by the time the evening ro- rolls around. I have oftentimes been talking and engaged with people all day long. I am happy not to see a soul, kids, spouse, anybody. Uh, I, I don't know if I would want to see Jesus in the second coming sometimes. Unfortunately, there's, there's the admission. Uh, and so it's difficult. And so for the folks out there, I, I understand that, that it is more difficult for me, but then the fruit of it is uh, irrefutable as well.
2: I'm so- laughing because it sounds like your wife and I share a lot more in common and you and my husband are more have a lot more in common yeah. in terms of being introverted and, and right. If it's on my mind, I'm, I'm like ready to talk about it right then. Yeah. And I have learned over the years that timing is everything. And that if you bring up the subject at a time when, like you said, you're exhausted, you've been talking all day, you don't want to have to deal with anyone, let alone a, a heavy conversation. Yeah. I have learned that to pace things or to yeah. wait That just because I think it, I don't have to say it right then, and to be intentional about. Okay, if it's really that important, then this will be a part of our weekly, you know, conversation that we have, kind of thing. But I just laugh because uh, I'm 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 the opposite. I could talk about anything, anytime, no problem.
0: Yeah, well, you know, and and this is, I mean, goodness in the in the personal development world that we live in, and that we uh, reside here in the Ziegler show as well. I think the key for all of us is we can't take anybody's approach as the cookie cutter approach. It works for everybody to def- to find your way within it. Matter of fact, I'll, I'll, I'll divulge something here. My wife does not know. I'm talking, I'm going to talk to her about, Hey, let- what don't we, can we plan every other day so that I, you know, she can look forward and know that that's coming. And I can have some days where I can just have some downtime and some alone time and we can fit both of those, but that's the thing. It's finding the secret sauce for each of us. Um, this is, uh, this is one that was, it resonates with me as well. I think it will. All of us. Audrey says we keep our expectations of each other. Realistic, unrealistic expectations are pre premeditated resentments. That's a term that I have had within my noggin for a lot of years, just expectations. And in ge- in general are premeditated resentments. And I think that's, a a big point for marriage. And if we come together to talk about expectations, I I'll tell you, I've, I've uh, had trouble in that area, Michelle, not only even in, in my marriage, but even in my business, when you have expectations, whether it's from employees or partners or investors, or from your customers have expectations that aren't clearly defined and talked about, it can usually run us into trouble. And I oftentimes I'll tell you with a disgruntled customer I bet fifty percent of the times uh, in my in, in one of my businesses here it 's because we didn 't handle the expectations well we didn 't discuss those, and so I appreciate Audrey saying that because yeah, in my marriage, those expectations we have gotten better about talking about those for sure, but we I think we can always do it dramatically uh, a lot more, a lot better.
2: I had somebody say to me one time or, or just in conversation talking about, you can't have an expectation of your spouse. And and this is mostly for women to their, to their husband (laughs) Mm -hmm. that they're going to be everything to you. Meaning like, if, if you if you're if you've married somebody who is an introvert, right? Don't expect that they're going to be the ones to want to talk about every single detail of their day the way you do, yeah. right? Or don't ex- just because you're this way, don't expect that they're going to be the same way to you. And that also goes back to love languages. You know, we all come from a different place. And I, re- I remember somebody when they said that it was early in my marriage, and it was really helpful because you know when you get married, two become one. And you want to put everything into that one person and that one relationship. But the healthiest way is to have girlfriends, have Mm -hmm. other people in your life, have Mm -hmm. don't expect, don't put that expectation on your spouse to be your everything in every area because either they will be overwhelmed or you will be disappointed. And and for me, that was great advice. And so I always remembered that, you know, if if I wanna uh, you know talk about certain things I, I call a girlfriend you know or if I want to uh, it's just what men and women are different and to realize that and to have other people in your life that you can express yourself that
0: way. hey I think okay that one's huge and I will gosh if I can divulge this and respect with my wife that's something we've talked about because she would tend to try to fulfill all those needs through me and so we talked about that and kind of came to that realization that I can't be her girlfriend. And, uh, and so that's something that we, we, we have, I think. So yeah, I love that having, not only having other people, but realizing I mean, there are things that I need to be able to, I'm blessed to have a partner. who's a, a best friend. And I can talk to those things about him that I, not only, I, I wouldn't even say, I think we're prone to say, I, Oh, I couldn't talk to my spouse. I think there's some things I shouldn't. Uh just to Correct. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yes, I agree. And it's tough because when you get married and you're in that lovey dovey state, you do want to do everything yeah. together. And but it'd be the equivalent of, you know, if my husband doesn't hunt. But if he did, if he expected me to go hunting with him every weekend, I would be at some point in the beginning, it would have been fun. But at some point I'd be like, Okay, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. You have to find a guy friend who can do this part with you because yeah. I can't yeah. you know, be yeah. everything to you in that respect. And I just think it's a it's a fair I think it's just fair to the other person to not expect them to be everything. Yes.
0: They can't. I, I, I think that, cause I think there's been some things I feel like I am just, I, I sit there feeling incompetent. I am not equipped to, to deal with this. And I think we probably all do that to each other to a degree. <laughs> hey, I'm going to combine real quick, four snippets from, from four that all just kind of come together in, in one wheelhouse here and then uh, and then I wanted to at, uh, end asking you, Michelle, if there's any other things that we didn't cover here that you you do intentionally for your marriage that we can glean from, but uh Karen says uh, simply saying, "I love you, no matter how mad I may be or how how in love I may feel in the moment, uh saying, "I love you every day uh Jennifer says saying "Please and thank you when we're speaking to our spouse and not forgetting to treat each other with that type of respect. Uh, Steve says, I, I daily thank my wife or give her gratitude. Tell how grateful I am, uh, to be her husband. And then Philip says, we hold hands in bed and pray every night before we fall asleep. To me, again, those all just kind of come under those, those, as Ted said, those random, uh, what do you say? Consistent random acts or random acts that aren't, aren't so random, but those, and then also what somebody said about being kind, uh, just having those daily deposits. And that rings true from so much of what Zig talked about on marriage. It was, as we all know, he was the King of daily habits. And he would talk about those daily deposits that nothing adds up. No grand cruise for a week during the year, uh, is going to take the place of a lack of those daily positive deposits and I, I just I, I think for me that is probably one of the biggest things that has added strength and health to my marriage Michelle
2: mm, absolutely the same here uh, so I'll, I'll add just two things to it and, and I, I'm prefacing all this by saying I am not a perfect wife and mm. I do not have a perfect marriage and my husband would completely agree that you know we are human and every day we're trying our best so uh, the advice that I'm you know we're giving Kevin and I, I'm not speaking for you but I, I think you would you're nodding your head as I can mm-hmm, see you, mm-hmm. that uh, we're, we're, we're doing we're listening as much as we're giving information on this topic. But that being said, there are two things that for me have really helped our marriage. And the first one is, Take a look at how you react to your your spouse. And I'm not perfect on this every day, but are you treating strangers better than you are your spouse? Meaning, you know, when you meet a stranger and you know, you could be in the worst mood in the world, but if somebody calls you or, or an acquaintance, or you bump into someone all of a sudden you're like, Hey, everything's so great. How are you? Oh my goodness. Are you doing that with your spouse? Or are you walking through the door when you've had a bad day? Like, Oh, you know? Meaning, like, are you giving your best to strangers or to people who don't necessarily need your best, or are you giving your best to your spouse and, and just to be aware of your behavior? And I have to do that on a daily basis and I have to be in check with that. That's one. The second one, and this is tough when you're having struggles, and we've all had struggles in a marriage, but to not throw around the D word, the divorce mm-hmm. word. Um Chris, when my husband and I got married, you know he, he comes from a, a family of divorce, a um, couple times. My family's been together, so we both have very strong opinions about divorce. Of course, all couples do when you go into right. it, but it's so easy when you're in a fight or when you're angry or when you're just fed up to say, like, you know what, we should just get a divorce. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, there is power in words, and when you start throwing around things that you don't even want to happen, it, 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 it plants these seeds, and so that's just advice that we were given when we started out in premarital counseling is, you know, don't ever just haphazardly throw that word around.
0: Goodness. That's, that's huge. And I, I wanted to, what you said um, at the beginning reminded me again, going back to a show, I don't have the number in it, but Michael Jr. Uh, Oh, it was, it was about, you know, treating people like that. Yeah. You always have that, you know, mom or dad, they're in the house and they're talking like this and the phone rings and Hey, and it's this livelihood. Why can't we give that to each other? So in the the show we did with Michael jr, it was just a a recent show he talked about, it was actually in response to his kids uh, in regards to his kids and his wife, I think that when they come into the door and he, he referenced back when his kids were little, he would come to the door and they'd come racing to daddy and hugs and kisses. Now they're older. And they don't tend to do that. And he says, it's his turn to do that. And so when they come in the door well, that has been something that I resonated with because my wife and I, and it was the example I got from my parents, whenever somebody came in the door or even came downstairs in the morning, it's a greeting, a hug and a kiss. And it's always been almost disconcerting to me when, uh, you know, maybe I'm with a friend and their spouse comes home, uh, into their home at the end of the day. And it's just, you know, maybe a nod, maybe not much of anything. And that recognition, the same thing our kids want, that has been big for myself. my Same thing if we leave um, that. But the one thing I wanted to add to this, and this is something I always appreciated from Zig, is just the aspect, kind of going back to that, what did you do in your courting days? Just Mm -hmm. romance. Um, Zig always talked with such, not just affection, but romantic affection for the redhead. And he was very outspoken in that and that always resonated with me again i saw that with my parents but for my wife and i that has been a uh, i won't say the mainstay but a mainstay is our romantic relationship which i do i that is what brought us together you know i saw her she saw me we you know we talked and we we resonated and there was romantic love that's where we began why would we why would we leave that thing that initially brought us together um, so that that's, I'll, I'll just, I'll add that in there as well. It's been a big one, a big one for us. Uh, this is great going through these folks. Thanks for submitting them. I feel convicted and inspired to press in.
2: I do too, Kevin. I feel encouraged and inspired to, to just show up and be the best wife that I can be. And, and hopefully everyone listening feels the same way, wife, spouse, whatever. And uh, this, I, I just love all the different tips because we're all we're going back to what one person said. What is the ultimate goal? And ultimately, our goal is to have a loving, lasting marriage that will be good examples to our children and good stewards of all that God's given us.
0: Amen. All right. Hey, thanks, Michelle. Well, I hope you are inspired for your marriage and some new intentional, consistent investments. This is the first show we've done on marriage in quite some time. And if you appreciated it, please let us know on iTunes, leave a review and tell us about it. Coming up in next, the show 516, we bring you none other than Michael Hyatt. He is committed to helping us all make this next year our best year ever instead of reliving the same year over and over we talk through his plan to finally make our goals come to fruition uh, to make our new year's resolutions actually become resolute committed plans not just mere hopes that we abandon or don't come through on it's a really really powerful strategy that will set you up for this next year with true hope expectation and an action plan you can walk out Well, till then, folks, thank you for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.